This is Professor Shane Greenstein with the HBS Digital Initiative from the 2019 Future Assembly at Harvard Business School. We are pleased to present Flash Talks, exploring technology in a multidisciplinary world. Take a moment, just a second, I'm going to say crisis. You probably thought of something. Business crisis, probably thought about something differently. Personal crisis, I had one last night. I was stuck on the side of the road for five hours. Fantastic. Okay. So as you think about that crisis that you went through, uh, we're going to, I'm going to share with you today two different things. One, a framework in which the Army leverages to enable its leaders to manage in crisis, no matter what that crisis is. And then second, in 10 minutes or less, early stage research I'm engaged in with colleagues here at HBS and colleagues back at West Point around this idea of how do, how do challenges, or what we call crucible experiences, accelerate human capital development, which leads into enabling the right folks to manage crisis. That's where we're going today. So the Army, uh, in its infinite wisdom, leverages something called Mission Command. I'll explain that in just a second. We're a pretty good organization. We're very great, uh, a great organization that plagiarizes everything. We like steal stuff, okay? We borrow things. And so the Mission Command idea was borrowed from Napoleon in 1806 when Napoleon went against the Prussian army who outnumbered his forces two to one, and the little guy won, okay? His army beat the Prussians uh, like that, okay? And so after you get defeated, right? You go back and do some autopsy and you try to learn. And so the Prussians went back and tried to better understand, well, why'd they lose? And what they realized is that Napoleon's officers and soldiers could exercise his intent and his, without him even being there. Now think about this. This is before Slack, Snapchat, Instagram, the, the Twitter machine, the Facebook. How did they, he do that? How did he create an environment where he infused in his organization Hey, I'm going to tell you what I want, and you figure out how to do it. Just go win. We stole that as, as an army. And it's centralized command, decentralized execution, uh, and we call it mission command. And what mission command is, is the uh, exercise of authority and direction through the use of what we call mission orders that enables discipline initiative within the commander's intent to enable agile and adaptive leaders. All those words mean something in just a second, okay? And it's made up of six different principles, one side's the art side, and one side's the control side. And if we think about what that might be, well, uh, I'm an engineer by training, I'm an ops guy, I care a lot about people, but at the core, I'm a helicopter pilot who likes operations. So there's like soft stuff, okay? All right, and, so, and then there's hard stuff. All right. So some of the soft stuff is around this idea of, well, how do you build trust? That's a soft thing. Very hard to do, right? Challenging. We all do it very well. We have great trust in our organizations, right? So we think. All the leaders in the room, right? Okay. And then we have this exercise discipline initiative. And then we have something called prudent risk. And in my profession, risk is not a gamble, right? Because we're dealing with, like, lives and stuff. So when we think about risk, it's a calculated decision made when I'm willing to lose life, limb, or equipment in order for some greater good. 
Those are the soft things. The hard stuff is mission orders. How do you communicate in your organization? What kind of standard operating procedures do you have? What kind of policies do you use? I mean, that's how we communicate across all levels. And then we think about how do you create shared understanding? That's actually, that's actually a hard thing, right? That's something you can do. I mean, you may use Slack, you may use email, you may use Twitter, you may use the Skype machine, right? So WebEx, that's how you create shared understanding. And then finally, this idea of commander's intent, which is what Napoleon used. He was able to push out his intent and his organization could, were psychologically safe, as Amy Edmondson would say, and they could just go off and be great. And just to give you one quick example of what Exercise Discipline Initiative is, uh, back in 2006, uh, we were hanging out uh, in Iraq, and we, had, we have a bunch of soldiers there. There was a surge. They were going into uh, getting booby-trapped a lot. Um, and so one soldier one day went out on a mission, and before he went to a room, he sprayed some silly string that he had just gotten in a care package. So what do you think happens when silly string hangs in the air in a closed room? It sticks to stuff. Specifically, it sticks to booby traps. And so when we were having this problem in the DOD, we were going to like buy some drones, some dogs, a lot of technology, a whole different type of techno technological enterprise. But we, we $1.70. And, uh, you know, $1.70 innovation from a soldier, he exercised discipline initiative. Okay? And then something from the hard stuff that you can actually exercise is uh, when we think about commander's intent. All right, a, a perfect example is like the Normandy invasion. Why is that? Because everyone knew what was going on. You have a bunch of folks flying over the channel. They fall out of airplanes. They go take out the German guns, open up the space for the amphibious assault. Very simple. Or you can think about the, uh, uh, the big cyber attack that happened, uh, I think, Nampetia, uh, if I'm saying that correctly, it happened with FedEx a couple of years ago that like shut down their, their operation for a little bit. But when you think about the commander's intent of the chairman and CEO, Fred Smith, basically get the package to the customer when the customer wants it. That's the, that's the intent. And it's made up of a purpose, key task, and end state. Purpose, the why, key task, how do I do this thing? And the end state, which is the hardest thing for leaders to do. How do you want it to end? And to communicate that in a way in which others can understand. So this is a great framework, but it doesn't work if you don't have like people to like do stuff. And so in some early stage research, which is what I'm excited to, to share with you, um, is this idea of crucible. So we got this framework to manage crisis, but you need people operating in that framework to manage crisis. And then when we think about who's ran a marathon, probably a bunch of folks in here, who's gone through something hard. I mean, I, I went through this place in a doctor program, that was a crucible. Flying helicopters is a crucible. Being shot at is a crucible. You know, I mean, all those things are crucibles and you're better off afterwards, right? If you go through something really hard, you're better. And so we're interested in, well, how do crucible experiences accelerate human capital development, and, and how can we uh, enable leaders to better understand where to employ and deploy, employ and deploy their human capital in a way that's more effective? That's what we care about. That's very hard to try to do some kind of econometrics around. However, we were able to come up with something because we have access to data and our crucible that we're leveraging, similar to if we think about combat, uh, uh, journalists in combat, because we have those embedded reporters, someone, uh, NGO operating in a humanitarian effort, right? We think about all the different humanitarian 
relief efforts that have occurred over the past few years, or if you've just gone through a Spartan race, right? <laughs> you know, we're using the com a combat zone uh, as a crucible experience. That is extreme, yes, but we know when the individual's in that situation, what part of his or her career they're in, what position they're in, and so we can do some really in-depth empirical analysis on what happens, okay? And so in our early stage research, which we were very excited about, is that, yeah, crucible matters. I was told in any of these talks, I gotta have a chart, uh, yeah. So here's one chart. It just shows us that it matters. And how much does it matter? Well, it matters about 31% more likely for that individual who experiences a crucible at some point in their career, go into combat somewhere, there's 31% more likely they're going to get promoted early. So that highlights a signaling story, a human capital development story versus signaling story. And we understand that more because we, uh, we uh, disaggregated that even more and looked at, well, what about later in your career? Because in the Army, like all your organizations, you have turnover, right? Or does everyone just stay with you for like 30 years? Okay. No, not really. So we have people that leave, right? You go through the organization, they leave. So we, we're curious about those who stay, all right? And so there's a 40% more likely that those people who are later in their careers stay. And we also found out that there's a, the ones who stay, there's 80% more likely that if they have a crucible experience, they're gonna stay within your organization, which kind of is interesting because that highlights that if, you, if someone goes through something tough, there's some kind of organizational commitment that's happening with them. And, and which is, huh, they're still here. Now, whether they get promoted or not, well, you know, we'll see. But they'll stay, and sometimes that's what you want, committed individuals to stay in your organizations to be in these processes in order for you to manage crisis. And we went a little bit further uh, because, again, uh, I'm an aviator. Uh, I'll use my colleague here who was a signal officer. So if, if we're in a combat zone, we found out that those folks who, are, who are, have combat-related jobs, so think about your customer-facing finance folks. Well, the customer-facing finance folks have a whole army of people behind them who are actually making things happen to support those deals, right? Well, what we found out is that the people who get the bump are the non-combat people or the non-forward-facing people get a bump in acceleration, uh, an acceleration in their career development, which we thought was kind of interesting. And it's probably because if they're going through a hard thing, there's something about that person who, whose job is not to be in that area doing that thing that causes them to be better and it shows up in our promotion process, which is a very random thing, is an external board. So you can't say that uh, if Bob says that, hey, he should be promoted, that's gonna happen. In my organization, that's not what happens. It's a very separate uh, agnostic kind of experience. And either you're good or you're not kind of thing. Uh, almost a pure meritocracy. Not quite, all right? Uh, and so I, I hope that during the breakout session, I have an opportunity to talk to you and get your thoughts on this idea of crucible or challenges. And uh, again, give me your feedback because that would help us as we go through this journey together to figure out how we can impact the world. Thank you for your time. Thanks.